as we jump in today, I'll be talking about the flesh versus the spirit. And you can probably already see that on your questions, but there's a lot of things that we have to learn about the spirit in order to live a life in the spirit. I've realized that I used to just want to pray and say, Holy Spirit, come upon me. And that's a wonderful, wonderful prayer. Immerse me in your spirit. Those are wonderful prayers, but there are some practical things that we can learn as well about the spirit and how he operates in and within us and how he looks for us to operate in and within him. And so that's what I'm going to be covering this morning. Let's go to the Lord and word of prayer and we'll jump right in. Dear Jesus, teach us what it means to operate in you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you dwell among us and within us. Father, teach us what it means to walk in likeness of you. Empower us for the journey ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, one of the things that uh, uh, I was really looking forward to about three years ago uh, starting next month, actually, we uh, will be ending a capital campaign. But uh, when we started this this journey, uh, we had submitted uh, for some land and, of course, uh, purchased some land over on Sundown Lane as we went through and we looked at that land. We've prayed over that land. We've walked over that land. We I was excited. Then a building was designed to go upon that land, and it's a 58,000-square-foot building, 1,000-seat auditorium. And I was like, man, God is really going to do this. And I got so excited about it, and I just couldn't wait to see it happen. And I, I mean, I was up at night just dreaming and thinking over it and all these other things. And, and uh, then the Spirit said, wait. Sometimes that's how the Holy Spirit works in us and through us and for us. I'd seen the church video, and uh, I was so excited, and my flesh was saying yes right now, but the Spirit is saying not yet. Can you wait for me? Because I have something I have to do with you, and I have something to do with your church, and it's in my time. It's not your time. I've shown you a glimpse, but that's just a building, and what I'm concerned about is ministry. In Genesis chapter 16, we see this very principle starting to play out. And many times, this is how the Holy Spirit works in us, among us, and with us, is he calls us to a place of waiting. In Acts chapter 1, he says, wait until the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and then you will be. That's how he puts it. And, and in, in Genesis chapter 16, you're going to be familiar with this story. Most of you, it's talking about Sarah and Abram. And let's look at this real quick. Genesis 16, starting with verse 1, it says, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. Of course he did. <laughs> verse 3. I'm going to get myself in. You're not tracking. Okay, good. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Charlie, that's, that's you. All right. All right. After Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Abram's wife, Sarah, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her maid, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as his wife. He went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she, that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight. Uh-oh. Now I'm jealous. Even though it was my idea, I don't like this idea. Let's keep going. And Sarah said to Abram, may the wrong done to me upon you be upon you. I gave my maid into your arms, but when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. I would say Sarah's a little upset. 
But, you know, every husband says it's your idea. I mean, and, and this is a terrible idea. And so we have a situation that's happened because Abram was waiting on the Lord, so to speak. Uh, he failed as well. He didn't lead his wife. Sarah, she could not wait. She couldn't wait for the promise. You cannot arrive at your destination by the product of the flesh, man. You can't. And I'm not saying that that building on Sundown Lane is my destination. I'm saying I got to see a glimpse. We've seen videos. We've been excited. And now we're going into a storefront soon. It wasn't my idea uh, to begin with to go to a store storefront. I didn't want to be a storefront church. If you want to know the truth, we got to have space. We've got to grow. And the Spirit says, hey, if you'll let me do my work, because this is not about you. It's not about your wants. It's, it's not about anything there. It's about my ministry and my kingdom coming throughout the earth. You see, sometimes we have to learn what it means to wait. You cannot arrive at your destination by the product of the flesh, by trying to do it through our own strength, through our own abilities, through our own knowledge, through our own wisdom. Spiritually successful people know the leadership of the Holy Spirit is what gets you to your destiny. And what that destiny looks like, God will reveal. It's not going to be something that is of flesh and blood, but it's going to be something that's of an eternal state. That is our destiny. So here, what we see is Abraham, he fathered two boys. I hope you see this, Isaac and Ishmael. Ishmael was the first. He was born to Hagar. Now, pay attention to this because you don't want to miss this. This is, this is in the front end of your Bible. We're talking about Genesis chapter 16 right here. Now, watch. Ishmael was conceived of Abraham and Hagar, his wife's maid. Isaac was conceived of Abraham and Sarah. Isaac was the son of the promise. But they became impatient with God's promise because it wasn't happening. So they tried to obtain God's promise through the product of the, of the flesh. You ever done that? You've seen God's promise. You said, I just got to make it happen. I mean, I just got, I've just got to move on this thing. God, it's been two years. It's been five years. It's been, you know, I, I've been waiting on this. I've just got to make it happen. Careful with that thought. Because in this story, what we see is one is the result of human effort and thought. The other is the result of faith in God's promise. Their offspring, their offspring are still on earth today. And the son of the flesh, like Scripture says, persecutes the son of the spirit. Now, pay attention to what I just read there. The son of the flesh, one of the curses was that it would persecute the son of the spirit. Any of you know how that happens today? Anyone know who the sons of Ishmael are? There you go, Muslims, right? And so there is a concern going into Islamic territory oftentimes for Christians. Why? Because that persecution today still takes place, and that was a promise in Scripture. It shouldn't be new to us. It shouldn't surprise us. That's the way it was designed because one is the son of the flesh. The other is the son of the promise. Let's keep going. Isaac was the, was the child of the promise. In fact, Ishmael is not called Abraham's son, only Isaac is in Scripture. Did you know that? This is really fascinating. In Genesis 22.2, Genesis 22.12, Genesis 22.16, the phrase, take your son, your only son Isaac, is used three times there. And where are they going? They're going up to the Mount of Sacrifice. Our destiny, destination, happens through his promise in his spirit. 
Many times we try to make the promise come to pass by our own efforts, and that's the flesh. Things born of the flesh that attempt God's destiny will always cause trouble, men. Let me read that again. Things born of the flesh that attempt God's destiny will always cause trouble because they're usually done out of our pride. I can make this happen. Interesting thing about God, God's eternal, but this flesh is very temporal. In, in, in eternal perspective, it's barely a dot. I spoke about that Sunday. And the interesting thing is we try to, we try to, to make the promise happen in the flesh instead of being patient to allow it to happen by the Spirit. The result of trying to accomplish destiny or destination by our own human efforts in the, is the abandonment of faith. And without faith, it's what? It's impossible to please God is what Hebrews says. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So right there it is. It's having faith that God will do this, not us. And sometimes you may see the vision, and it may be someone else that causes that vision to come to pass. Are you okay with it? Can I be okay with it? See, whatever is born of God will overcome the world. It will overcome the flesh. There is not a permissive will of God and a perfect will of God, men. And I think we live our lives as though there's a permissive will of God. Well, I'm doing this in God's name. I'm doing this for heaven's sake. You ever heard that one? (laughs) My grandmother used to say, for heaven's sake. And I used to be like, well, what does heaven's sake have to do? But okay, for heaven's sake, right? And look, we're looking to, to operate in kingdom business sometimes through our flesh instead of the spirit. And what happens, what is born of the flesh is, is not eternal. The only thing eternal is what's born of the spirit. And so there's not a permissive will and a perfect will of God. There is only the will of God. That's it. Isaac was the son, not Ishmael. God does not recognize the fleshly things that we do, men. They're temporary. Our destiny or our destination cannot be achieved by the flesh. Our eternal destiny will never be achieved by our fleshly measures. That's a hard thing for us to grasp because we as men do what? We pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We as men know what it means to work. We as men create lists that can't be accomplished in a day. Or you may not, but I do. When I start my list last night, I'm like, man, I have got to find time to get out and do these things. If it rains on me right now, I'm in trouble. You ever been that guy? And the days are getting shorter. How do you do that with meetings in the evening? It's tough. And so we create these lists, but here's the truth. Our lists are just temporary lists in the flesh. We better have a list for eternal things and eternal promises where not only do we see, but we get to participate in the spiritual things. Because spiritual successful people will always know that they cannot arrive at their destination by the product, much less the power of the flesh. You see, a lot of times we do things for heaven's sake. We, we uh, participate in what we think are godly measures, but we're doing them in fleshly ways. It's a dangerous place to be. It is the nature of us to make it happen in life, but that very nature can wreak havoc on the plan of God. If for our lives, God ultimately his plan's going to be done, right? His sovereignty will be seen and done. So what do we do about this? Because it is a situation, man. We know we battle with the flesh when we battle with the spirit. We, If the apostle Paul struggled the way he struggled, the very thing I don't want to do is the very thing I do and all this, this stuff that he talks about, we know if he battles, we battle too. 
It's those things of the Spirit that are going to make the difference in our lives and listen in the lives to come. That's how God operates. So the first thing I would say is learn to be patient. Men, don't get ahead of God. He may have shown you the vision. The next prayer would be, God, what do I have to do with that vision? Maybe you paint the picture, someone else comes along and builds it. You just don't know. It's just like I said, I I didn't see a middle ground going over to Sundown Lane, and that's just a little simple, basic example. It's an example that to me is uh, uh, very simple to, to have happen. But I know the, the truth can be that, that it's got to be him that builds it. You know, otherwise, those who labor, labor what? In vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. And so learn to be patient. Learn what it means to wait upon the Holy Spirit. Learn to pray through it and make sure that we're hearing the spiritual things of God and not seeing the physical things of men. Allow God to move at his speed. Sarah grew impatient with a promise. You ever grow impatient with a promise? (laughs) Not me. I'm just kidding. We do. Oftentimes, I mean, I know for years, Adi's prayed for 200 men at Bravehearts. Now, I mean, Adi, Bobby. And, and, And I could jump out there and ask Bobby right now, are you still praying? I won't, Bobby. But you see what I'm saying? Sometimes we, we haven't seen the 200 men at Bravehearts yet. There's been 200 men through Bravehearts, but we've not necessarily seen them all here at one time. We've not seen that, that manifestation yet, but we're praying for that, and it's been prayed for for years. Bobby has seen that. But are we patient enough to allow it to manifest? You see, the thing is, Sarah grew impatient with the Lord. She took things in her own hands, and then eventually it angered her. Isn't that interesting? She took things in her own hands. Things worked out in the flesh exactly how she intended them to work out. And who becomes the one that's disgruntled? The very one whose idea it was. Now she's jealous. She's mad. She's pointing the finger at Abram. Why would you do that? You told me to do it. Now, I don't know if she had to push him to do it, but he did it. Psalm 105, Joseph in verse 17, you'll you'll see this. You know how to flip over there. I'm just going to give a quick example about Joseph here for just a moment. He sent a man before them is what the scripture says, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Now, I I did a series on Joseph just, you know, three months ago. um, So this is very fresh with me, but who was sold as a slave. This is This is a psalmist just telling us Joseph's story, all right? And then the scripture says, they afflicted his feet with fetters. He himself was laid in irons irons, until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. In other words, Joseph was placed in chains. He was hemmed up, if you will, and and they pressed upon him. God made him wait until the time came to pass. Joseph... You've seen some things. Joseph, you've had two dreams. Joseph, your brothers have done this to you. Joseph, you didn't see all this stuff in the middle, did you? And I don't want you to jump out there and get ahead of me. So Joseph, guess what? You're in fetters. Fetters isn't a word we use today. It looks like feathers to me. But it's not a good place to be. He's bound up. He's in chains. He's he's in prison. And the scripture says the word of the Lord tested him while he was there. Do you still remember what I said? Do you still see the vision that I gave you? Do you still have hope for you and hope for what's supposed to come come to pass? Do you still have faith? Because oftentimes it's through our patience that faith happens. 
Without patience, men, it's hard to see our faith become active. I've had to teach myself this, and I'm still teaching myself this. The other thing that we see in the story that we just read is we must learn what it means to die to ourselves and live for our God. I uh, had the opportunity to meet with a a young couple um, yesterday evening, and as we were talking, I said, you know, the danger of stage is it promotes men oftentimes instead of God. The danger of raising our stages up higher and higher and higher is oftentimes it raises men higher and higher and higher who stand behind or stand upon the stage. For many of us, let's just be honest with ourselves for just a moment. We really would like to be pushed upon the stage. We would like for other people to know how much we know. We would like to to be in a place where it looks like we rule, and that's a dangerous place to be. In the church, there's only one stage for one person, and his name is Jesus Christ. In men, we have to learn what it means to die to ourselves and to live for our God. That's what's important in life. In Christianity, it's this powerful concept. It's a clear concept. We have to die to ourselves in our human effort. In our human efforts, they will never obtain the will of God. Because here's the problem with our humanity. Our humanity is flesh, and flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom. That's what Scripture says. I didn't say that. Just beat up Scripture over that one, okay? John chapter, you won't get far. John chapter 12, verse 24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Now, let me tell you who said that. Jesus did. Jesus said, unless this seed falls into the ground and dies, it cannot produce fruit. So here's the circle in how it works. This perpetual circle I'm about to unpack for you. The first thing that you will see, just as Abram and Sarah saw, they're going to have a birth of a destiny. Think about their destiny. Think about their lineage. Um, in, in Throughout Hebrew culture, even today, what they're concerned about is next generation. It's true. Very strong. In Have you ever wondered why the world persecutes Jews? Have you ever thought, why Jews? Man, throw, Hitler could have thrown somebody else in there. But there's something about Jews. Part of it is, is their historical nature to reproduce. Because through the reproduction is their lineage. So what Jesus is saying here, he, he says, you're going to have a dream of a birth of a destiny. What happens to Abram is, Abram, I'm telling you, you're going to have um, children as the sand of the seashore, as the stars in the heavenlies. Abram, this is a promise that I'm giving to you. And here they are late in life, and they're saying, I've seen, but I've not given birth to this destiny. So this is how the circle works. There's a birth of a destiny is what Jesus is saying, and then there's a death of a destiny. Does it belong to you or does it still belong to God? It's the same thing with building a building, building a church, right? Does, does that vision belong to you? Does it belong to man or does it belong to God? We have to die to, to ourselves in these areas of life. So he says there's a birth of a destiny. There's a death of a destiny. Watch this. And then there's a rebirth because God then begins to work through your humility to see those things come to pass and why he gave you the vision in the first place. Men, let me say it to you this way. Let me make it a little more personal. It can be that way in our marriages, that, that many of us want better marriages. I hope every one of you today wants a better marriage, even if you have a great marriage. I have a great marriage. I've been blessed with a great wife. I mean, I sit here and watch her on Sunday mornings. I'm like, geez, 
I'm getting older and I don't have that kind of energy and she's getting older and she's getting more and more energy up here. What in the world? Life in the spirit. But the truth is we have to die to ourselves oftentimes and live for our wives. This is just a principle of Jesus. Many of us want better jobs. Well, we pray and say, God, give me a vision. And from that vision, let it be a spiritual vision. Help me to die to myself and you empower me for the next job to come because I want fulfillment in life. God's spirit, God's spirit plants a seed, a destiny or a vision, but we've got to die to ourselves, our will and our ways of making that happen and take it to a place where its death brings forth the true promise. There may well be years where buried deep in the soil is his destiny, and it will test whether or not our deepest allegiance is to the destiny of God. Abraham was asked to sacrifice his destiny. If you ever Have you ever wondered why Abraham was told to take his son, his one and only son, Genesis chapter 22, 16, 22, and whatever other scripture I quoted a while ago. But he is, that destiny was his lineage. That destiny was his reproduction. That destiny is very important to, like I say, the Jewish culture. And he said, hey, take that. Take that up on the mountain and sacrifice. Right? To take his destiny, to die to it, to lay the promise on the altar, let it die. But he believed God for so much more. He believed the Spirit. His allegiance was to his Father. And that's my third and final point, men. Let your allegiance to God carry you through. You know what allegiance to God is? It's faith. That's what it is. I mean, our faith is our allegiance to God, meaning that we believe God. God's purpose, his plan is greater than our own. And am I willing to die to myself in order to live for God? He will give us visions. He will give us signs and wonders. That's his promise in Scripture. We see it given time and time again. What does he want us to do with with those? He wants us to give them back. And as we give them back, then he will begin to reveal to us how to make those things come to pass in our lives. Many times it's our own children. You ever had to leave your child? It's a hard thing to do. I can remember three years ago leaving a child in Dallas at the hospital and having to drive back and what that felt like. You say you'd never leave and had a church to take care of, had some other things to take care of, and it was going to be a long process, right? But I had to trust God with that. All of us have been placed in positions at different times in our lives where we have to say, Lord, I can't fix this, but you can. And it's that through that faith in God that we begin to see God work. It's through that willingness to lay it down to watch him pick it up, man. Abraham looked at his son a little more sweetly, I have to believe, and he trusted his God a little more deeply after that experience, right? And what we saw in that was the son of the promise, the one son. Like I said, there were two, supposedly, but only one was counted as a son. So this is a great perspective, man, men. It's, it's a great perspective that should help us in our own faith walk. With hindsight, the word destiny or destination, as it comes to pass, it will only come to pass through the working of the Holy Spirit within us. That's how destiny happens. True destiny is a lineage, and true lineage is eternal. And the only eternal thing in life is God and His plans and His purposes, because all things of the flesh die, because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom.